Welcome to the podcast. It is Pat and Stu in for Glenn today. He's on vacation. Um, we have a lot of great stuff today. I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast as for Studios America as well as Pat Gray Unleashed. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. We do shows every weekday. And- also, uh, don't forget to go to Kexi.com and buy some delicious, the, the best cookies that have ever existed on this planet. Agreed. At K-E-K-S-I, Kexi.com. And you can order them now. Get the coconut cream. The- the chocolate chip, the salted caramel, give it a shot. Yeah, full endorsement from me as well. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Um, so let me uh, also tell you about today's podcast, which is fantastic. We talk a lot about the abortion case, which still has reverberations going on. It's, I mean, it's not a yeah. one or two day story. This is going to be something we're dealing with on in an ongoing long basis term. for a long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be dealing with all that. The crazy reaction from the, uh, the woman of the coven or the view. <laughs> we get into that today. Uh, we have uh, all the kind of crazy reaction from around the spectrum. Uh, and a clip you might not remember from Louis C.K. speaking about abortion that I think you're going to enjoy. So and good. I mentioned this on the show at one point, but, you know, I got all these texts back and forth with people talking about this. Just saying, like, I can't believe this happened. And I, I realized I just kept replying over and over again. What a day. I mean, what a day that the Roe versus Wade was actually overturned in our lifetime. I can't. I really still to this moment have trouble uh, coming to grips with it. Uh, we made a shirt to kind of commemorate it uh, just so you can have something you're wearing around. You know it. You know what's going on. Maybe not everybody does, but it just says the date, 62422. It's available now at stewdoesmerch.com. If you use the code stew10, you can save 10% off of it. But it's stewdoesmerch.com. Get the shirt to commemorate the amazing day that was this past Friday, 62422. Here's the podcast. program this week what a horrible tragedy in texas yesterday jeez uh 50 immigrants were found in the back of a semi-trailer and uh, well 50 were dead uh 16 were taken to a hospital and and in bad shape uh you can't stuff a hundred people in the back of a semi in the texas heat in late june and expect everything to be fine while you're driving them across the border and smuggling them into this country. Jeez. I would say it's ill-advised to go outside in, uh, any, in any capacity it, right now. It is. Texas. Don't go outside. Don't get into your car. Just stay inside in the air conditioning and hope and pray that modern convenience mm. makes it livable. It's, that, it, it's been rough. The past couple of weeks, it's been over 100 almost every day here in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. And, and when I you've got no imagine, ventilation yeah. and you've got no air coming in, uh, oof. No, this is bad. And look, this terrible. You know, the, obviously, you can't control every single. Uh, you're not going to catch every single thing that comes across the border. Uh, this this does this stuff mm-hmm. does happen, uh, and uh, sh- it shouldn't happen. And I think like the the sen- the message that the government constantly sends to illegal immigrants is, "Hey, you're welcome. Come, we love you. Uh, yes. You know, yep. hugs, kisses. Uh, mm-hmm. How much money do you need? You know, hey, well, come on in. We'll uh, release. We'll give you. you a great life here. Great life. I mean that." Biden, you got nothing to worry about if you come here. Biden ex- explicitly made these arguments during the campaign. Yes. And of course, that's caused a, a massive part of our border problem overall. And you see this as a you can't you, know, you see this as an effect of those 
policies over a long period of time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people in uh, in Central America, Mexico, Colombia, all the way down to South America should be aware that if you decide to come to the border, it is you are taking your life in your own hands and God only knows what's going to happen. There's no way we can protect you. That's not it's not it's that's not something that you should expect, sadly, because there's a lot of people the coyotes and others that will do everything they can to exploit your life for your money. Yeah, they don't. The coyotes don't care, don't care at all. They don't care. They don't care. They, they want their seven thousand dollars per person and and. They'll take that and they don't care what happens to you. It's really tragic. It really is. And you know, our policies have a, a part in causing these incidents over and over again, going back you know, mm-hmm. decades. But I mean, it, this one is particularly terrible. Gosh. And it is a foreshadowing. We're still, we still have the overwhelming amount of people who are waiting on the border to cross. I mean, it's building every day. We've had numbers that we've never seen before. The entire Biden administration and has not had the press as some of his other catastrophes because, you know, there's been so much to cover. Mm-hmm. I, normally, I'm critical of the media for not covering all of his, uh, you know, the Democrat president's catastrophes. It's almost impossible to ask them to do that. There's too many. Every mm-hmm. aspect of this presidency has been an unmitigated disaster. Every mm-hmm. aspect of it. Yeah. Nothing has gone right. I don't know if this guy's really the unluckiest person who's no. ever lived. He's just the most incompetent. Or the most incompetent. Had. Yeah, and I think that's what it ever, is. Ever had. But, I mean, there are several issues that clearly are bigger to the average American's life to focus on. I mean, everything from inflation, gas prices, economy, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously COVID was part of that and that didn't, he didn't handle that very well either. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Ukraine is still a big situation. We sent $50 billion plus to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We just agreed to billions more to, with, uh, at the G7. Almost every single week, we agree to billions more in Ukraine. Almost every week. And how how deeply do we want to be enmeshed in this? Yeah. And honestly, like <laughs> Ukraine is basically his most popular policy, which is, is, is stunning. Yeah. I mean, it's not popular, it stunning, but it is more popular than anything else he's doing. And you look at the border while the numbers and the constant horror show on the border has not really been covered by the media. People know about it. It's actually mm-hmm. outside of inflation I, and some of these his economic uh, measures. Uh, he, as far as popularity goes and job performance goes, it's as the lowest one out of all of them. I mean, people realize it's going badly. They're just not getting beat over the head by the coverage. But once this flow comes, they're not going to have a choice to avoid that either. This is why they're so big on the abortion thing. They want the abortion thing to be the issue you vote on because they know at the very least they have you know half the people who generally speaking are, are, you know, some level of abortion support. Yeah. And, you know, they've seen The Handmaid's Tale. That maybe and, they'll get the reference. And, and like you mentioned, what else does he have? He's got nothing else. Nothing I mean, else. He's underwater on everything. everything. The economy is terrible. I- inflation skyrocketing. Gas prices are completely out of control. Uh, you've got the border, which is a mess. Mm-hmm. Crime. Crime is not, yeah. It's going through the roof. That's not a, good. A lot of these big cities. I mean, it's all, that's why the, the two things they have right now, they believe, are January 6th and oh, abortion. Right. 
Right. Those are the two things. It's why they're making such a big deal about mm-hmm. it. They scheduled a a, a, a brand new conference mm. or, uh, you know, session for today in their committee because they have supposed new evidence. We'll see what that is. They've said that multiple times. <laughs> they, of course. Multiple times. They're and just, it's like a nothing burger every time. So they're trying to come up with something, mm. right? They're, and uh, like, look, you'd expect this out of a party where they're not going to just sit here and lose nicely. They're going to try to do something, but they it's just shocking how little they have to hang on to. They and can't point to anything. And they even make, I mean, was it Biden that talked about the police officer on January 6th? They even try to still maintain that the that the mob on uh, yeah. on January 6th killed the police officer, Brian Sicknick. Yeah. He was, had two strokes. Right. Uh, how are you blaming that on the Trump supporters? You can't. That, they're also blaming the suicides that two other cops uh, committed later on, weeks afterward. That was because of January 6th as well? I mean, they act like multiple murders occurred when these were health-related issues, mental or, or physical health. And there's just no reason to exaggerate what it was. It wasn't good. Right. There is, it is, and it was, you know, like, the January 6th committee could be worth something. Like, for example... I'd really like to know why we didn't have enough security mm-hmm. uh, at the Capitol. And why were some officers allowing people to come in? Sure. And others were, you know, shooting tear gas at the crowd. I think it's valuable to know what Trump's response was to it. I, you know, I mean, I, we watched it happen in real time. It felt like a long time. What was really going on? Why, why wasn't he out there, you know, tweeting or making speeches right after it? Mm-hmm. I'd like to know. I mean, I, I think it's important for us to know. But does anybody... There may be valid reasons. There may be maybe he was on the phone talking to people constantly. I'd like to know the answer to it. But the bottom line is we know for certain this committee is not serious in finding those answers. They are out there to just smear Donald Trump and go after him and try to make Republicans all look like they're wearing horns and breaking Mm -hmm. into Nancy Pelosi's office. And that's not who they were. It's not even the people who were at the speech on january 6th those most of those people weren't even involved in any of that stuff so the this is just they are it shows a an incredible amount of desperation and i think some connection to reality they realize how badly this is going to go for them they see a historic wave election right around the corner smacking them in the face and no argument to make against it and they're on the wrong side of it they're on the wrong side of it For they don't sure. there's no there's you know it's like a giant tidal wave is coming toward them and they have no seawalls they have nothing mm-hmm. they're all just standing there on the beach going holy crap so they're trying to dig themselves a hole and hoping that works out well that doesn't usually work out very well but that does seem to be their uh, attempt this is all because of that all of the uh the january 6th thing because of the way it's being done, I think it's just all them trying to hold on to political points. Yep. And this, uh, similarly, I'd say the same thing for the way many of the Democrats are reacting. Now, there are people who, on the left who really care about abortion and it's their big thing. We know Joe Biden isn't one of those people. He's one of those people. He, he said himself every abortion is a tragedy in 2006. Not, not 1986. Mm-hmm. 2006. This is a guy who, uh, who he, he claims to be very religious a guy who obviously understands at least the pro-life side of this argument, right? He understands, he might not agree with it, but he understands it. At least he did at one point when he wasn't 80 years old. And so uh, th- for him to act, you listen to his speech after the Roe versus Wade decision comes out in the, in the Dobbs case, 
and his his whole speech is about voting for Democrats. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. you just got to you got to vote for us. That's how you solve this problem. It's always the way you solve this problem. Always the same thing, and it shows how desperate they are. It really does. It, it's yeah. it's embarrassing, but it is reality for the left right now. Committee member Representative Jamie Raskin called. Uh, he he called what's coming up uh, for the committee a deluge of new evidence. It's a deluge of new evidence. I can't wait to see what it is. Is this all the the documentary thing? I guess like it seems like the Trump administration had commissioned a documentary through this period. Yeah, with like a friendly source. And so they had a bunch of interviews right after January 6th with all these big players that were supposed to go into this essentially like it's been described as a puff piece documentary, like one of those documentaries, you, you know, you, we're, we're showing history. It was there was their approval was needed for the footage to be used and stuff. Is it the Nick Searcy thing or is it is this a different one? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think so. I don't mm. think it is. But it was there's a they, they, they had all of these interviews. It was a guy who's I can't think of who it was, his name off the top of my head, but it was a guy who's friendly with the administration. So they were like, oh, yeah, we'll do it. I mean, we, we know this isn't like a hit piece. So they came in and they had all these interviews. Like one of the things they're trying to hype a lot is that Ivanka Trump said something oh, about yeah. how, yeah. well, you know, we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure we're fighting for every vote to be counted or something as if that disagrees with what she said earlier when she said, you know, I heard Bill Barr say that, you know, the election wasn't stolen. So I believed him. They're like, dun, dun, a big moment. It's like, wait, so, so she wants every so vote to be counted? Like, how is that uh, bad at all? Every vote should be counted, number one. And number two, it doesn't disagree at all with her, you know, hearing in a private meeting with somebody that it wasn't stolen and her believing it. Like, I, it doesn't mean that she doesn't want every vote to be counted. It's a silly stuff like this, but they're just desperate for anything they can, they can get their claws into. Yeah, the panel's investigators sat for two hours with British filmmaker Alex Holder. Is that who you're talking about? Maybe, might that, be. That might be but the that's guy. Not the, that's not the guy who he, was like related to the Trump administration, though. The, a guy who's related to the Trump administration commissioned a documentary. And then that footage that was initially going to be used in this documentary is now, now all of it is being turned over to the committee. So who knows? You know, maybe somebody did say huh. something interesting in there. We might find that out. Maybe, so far what I they've leaked, it. it has not been interesting. No, it has not. <laughs> no. It's been nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. So the worst run cities in America, would you think that they are uh, they're run by Democrats or Republicans? Well, obviously Republicans. First right. of all, women don't have rights there. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, did you yeah. know there's no trans like rights that, in those cities? It's like the hands made, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, well, that's a good reference because no one's yeah. made it. You know, no one's put together <laughs> that particular yeah, I thought reference. it was really creative. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. Now, witty. I have heard it uh, from every Democrat. Oh, you have? That's ever lived. Yes, the oh. Handmaid's Tale reference. But huh. I, I would like to hear it more often because it's so <laughs> incredibly smart. It's apropos, you know? if you will. It is. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. of course, it's interesting that like the, you're saying that the... The people who argue for smaller government and less mm-hmm. control of government of your life are the people that are going to implement the full control <laughs> of your life through right. the government. Uh, That's yeah, because that makes a lot of sense. Sure, it does. You know, sure, um, it does. It's really consistent with the with the Constitution <laughs> and the principles we espouse. Is is a bunch of theocratic leaders mm-hmm. um, taking over and making women have to 
you know, a big part of, of, of family values on the right has always been you should be married to a woman and then have a concubine on the side to impregnate constantly. That's a big part. <laughs> That's a big part. Of the conservative argument for this country. How many times have we talked about that yeah. on this show? It's the big vision of conservatives. You, you must have a concubine on the side. That's kind of what the whole, I mean, that's the whole argument for yeah. conservatism in this country is pro-concubine. It always has been. Mm-hmm. And that's why The Handmaid's Tale is so prescient. You know, it really is. That it really we, is. Look, if we get in control, yes, we're telling you now, concubines. That's what's happening. Gotta have them. We're very pro-concubine on this program. Gotta have them. We, we gotta have, you gotta have a concubine. Now, I, I prefer 10. 10 is myself. great. 10 yeah. is great if you can get 10. Mm-hmm. And I will say, we also want them to dress very, very, uh, in, in a covered up way. We don't want to see their hair. Uh, we don't want to see really any part of them except their face. That is the way we've been talking about. Yeah. That's what we want. Concubines, but well-dressed concubines. Yeah. Well, covered anyway. Covered. Yeah, that not necessarily. Definitely nice. covered. Not stylish. Because you don't even want to see their wrist, you know? No. Y- you oh, want God, their no. sleeves to go down up to about their fingers. I mean, you look at Clarence knuckles. Thomas's writings f- from law school. He talks very much about anti-wrist pro-concubine. That's pretty much his only two positions. <laughs> He was huge at Yale on that. Oh, yeah. Those were the two things. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, In fact, know, I think his final thesis at Yale was about that. It was. Yeah. It was. I, did you hear the other day? Uh, this is a little bit. I know we're dragging you off topic a little bit here. But uh, the someone, uh, I think it was on NBC News, called Amy Coney Barrett a handmaiden. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how... Um, here is a woman who's this is the ultimate example of feminism right back in the original thought of it a woman who can rise above everything to have a a giant family and still achieve all of her dreams rise to be one of the most powerful people in the nation yeah she's a handmaiden she's a handmaiden and and you know of course sotomayor and kagan are two women who are on the supreme court they're not handmaidens they not at all, not at all. No, you know that that's that's not at all. Uh, no, no reason to talk about them that way. Just Amy Coney Barrett because you don't like her. That's incredible. All <laughs> right, sorry. Tell really me about is. the worst cities okay. in America. Worst city in America, worst run city in America, Washington D.C. Okay. Run by Democrats. Uh, Democrats. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that's but the exception rather than the rule. But only 70 for about years. Yeah, probably about 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, California, number two. But again, run by Democrats for only about 50 or 60 years. Okay. Then you got New York City, New York, New York. Now, there have been some Republicans in the past in New York, but they're not there now and they haven't been for a while. So, New York, number three. I'm not sure about Chattanooga, Tennessee. I, I don't know who the mayor is there. Uh, it's possible it's a Democrat. We should maybe look into that. Cleveland, Ohio, run by Democrats. Okay, that's one, two, three, four. It's, we're down to the five. Number six, Detroit, Michigan, run by Democrats forever. Flint, Michigan, run by Democrats. Oakland, California, Democrats. Hartford, Connecticut, Democrats. And then you get to Gulfport, Mi- Mississippi at number 10 um, as uh, the worst run city. A lot of the, the mayoral races, we did a project on this. A oh, long they're, time non, ago. they're uh, non, nonpartisan. Yeah. So, this is so yeah. Tim Kelly is the mayor of Chattanooga, and, he, and he's a new, a relatively new mayor, but he uh, is listed as an independent. Okay. Uh, so, it doesn't, you don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someone from Chattanooga can tell us. But I, we, went, we did a project on this a while ago for one of uh, Glenn's books, and we went back and we researched. I think it was, I want to say it was an inconvenient book. Mm-hmm. It may have been that one. It was one of the very. It was one of the earlier books, and we went through. We looked at every, every single, um, 
city in America with the worst poverty levels. I had biggest problems with ongoing poverty over long periods of time. And we looked at them and we said, who, who are the mayors of these cities? I mean, the, the, people are struggling. You know, the, the poverty rates are extraordinarily high. Usually the crime rates are really high. Yeah. And and we went back and we, we found that of the top, I think it was the top 10 um, it was cities with the worst poverty levels, Republicans had only run them in, I think it was like 6 or 8%. That's of, what I was thinking. Of the years like 7%. since 1960, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Okay. I, I mean, it, it's not close. I'll tell you that. It was and, well over 90% run by Democrats. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, it, it, you know, some of them were um, independents that essentially operated as Democrats. But as far as just Republicans, it was something like, I don't know, you know, nine, six or eight percent. It was right. It was mm-hmm. under under 10%. The mm-hmm. only ones, it was like Miami. There have been some Republican mayors. I don't know if they're still in the situation where they're in the top 10 anymore for poverty levels, but at the time they were, and I think Cleveland going back a bunch of years had a mayor or two that was Republican, but it's really rare. And it's really rare. Mm. And you, Trump made this argument and, and the media beat him up on it. But like the idea that at some point you should try something different. I don't even know. Like, maybe you might say, hey, it's not Republicans, it's Libertarians, whatever. But, like, at some point, don't you think that you should try something other than Democrats constantly? You would would think so. Uh, It doesn't make sense that 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 thought doesn't seem to occur to them. It really doesn't. Okay, conversely, what's the best-run city in America, according to the survey? Uh, Nampa, Idaho. Number two, Boise, Idaho. Number three, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, At number four, Nashua, New Hampshire. Then Lexington, Kentucky. Lincoln, Nebraska. Las Cruces, New Mexico. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, Missoula, Montana. Surprises me at uh, number nine. And number 10, Durham, North Carolina. I mean, it it is amazing. Uh, The fact that the worst run cities, the, the cities in the biggest problems in the most debt with the highest crime rates uh and cities that have like Stu just mentioned the the highest poverty rates almost exclusively democrat run cities and conversely the best run usually republican run cities and yet uh i don't know the cities that are run crappily by democrats <laughs> they continue to vote for democrats it's really amazing it really is i don't understand it you know, I, I, it's a total, um, it's totally shutting off the the theory that you should be open to other options, right? Like it's only mm-hmm. like a, it's, all, it's a borderline religious, uh, religious situation. I remember this is going back a couple of elections now. There was a complaint about Philadelphia from the right. And they said, mm-hmm. look at all these, these voting districts where it's like 100% of people in Philadelphia voted for Democrats. This can't possibly be right. And so, you know, people looked at it and they're like, gosh, it was, it was all over. It was like, you know, district after district after district. And it would be like 98%, 99%, 100% for Democrats. And you'd go in and you'd look mm. at it. And what they would find is, you know, this quote unquote voting district was essentially a, a one building, right? Like a, 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 you know, an apartment building. And that was the mm. entire district. And they'd go through it and they would be like, no, it's like, they're just all like registered Democrats. Like, <laughs> that's just like what it is. You know, it, it, you get to a certain, yeah. it, it, particularly in, in some minority communities in these inner cities, you find, 
of people voting for the same thing. I mean, we know this nationally. Mm -hmm. Nationally, African-Americans vote for Democrats in the presidential races in the, you know, around 92%, 95%, 88% varying on the year. Like the big win is 88% for, you know, if it's only 88%, Mm -hmm. huge victory for Republicans. Like that is, I don't know how to explain that, Pat. You know, I, I, people are different. And I think like you just get to this place where it becomes part of your uh, of your culture and your identity that I vote this way. And no matter what these people do to you, you still continue to come back to that same. Well, despite the fact that your life sucks because of the way things are run (laughs) around you, you keep voting the same way. It doesn't it really doesn't make sense. I I wouldn't look if Republicans became I've, I've voted third party before because of this. When Republicans infuriate me because they're big government, I don't care. I'm not going to no, stick around. No, I don't around. either. I'm not going to get beat up either. by a stupid political party year mm-hmm. after year after year after year. And, you know, some people, you know, you'll argue. They'll say, hey, you know, you should vote for that. You know, and like, yeah, you only vote for one of the two parties. Look, if if the Democrats became a party where they actually respected individual rights and reversed essentially all their positions... I'm not locked into the R. I'll vote for the D if they're better. They're just mm-hmm. not. They're terrible in every way, so I'm not considering yeah. that. But I would consider it if they change their views. Well, I frankly don't understand the the uh, obsession with party affiliation. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I, you know, I don't feel that affinity for the Republican Party that I must be loyal to them no matter what. Well, no. If they've got crappy policies that they're acting like Democrats, I... I don't care. I'm not voting for Republicans. I'll go independent or, you know, find somebody else to vote for. Um, But, you know, it's you go back to the George Washington thing where he said we shouldn't have a party system. And you look at the way things are now and it was probably pretty smart. He might have known what he was talking about there. Mm. It's possible. I don't know. I mean, what are the what's the evidence that that guy was smart? Yeah. George Washington. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. He doesn't. What what did he know? (laughs) Not much, obviously. No, not much. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Interesting thing going on with the uh, Supreme Court decision, as far as uh, Roe v. Wade is concerned. Uh, it was it was Sam Alito who wrote the opinion. But it seems to be, uh, it seems to be someone else who's getting all the flack for it. Yeah, it seems to be Clarence Thomas largely getting all the flack. Now, Alito, mm. it's white male, Pat. I don't mm. know if you know this. I, I did know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas is not. He's not a white male. He's not a white male. Well, what about he, his white supremacy? What about that? F. Clarence Thomas being said. All yeah, over the I, place. I've seen the N word applied to him. Oh yeah. I, you know, um, Uncle Tom, the N word. You can call him whatever you want, I guess, as long as you're on the left. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. I mean, you've seen this all over the place. It's bizarre. Now, this would obviously be attributed to racism if someone on the right was doing it. No question. When you're critical of any person who happens to be another race, always the motivation is mm-hmm. assigned to you. To be racism, uh, but we had we had Lori Lightfoot. Do we have the Lori Lightfoot? I think we do have the Lori Lightfoot mm-hmm. audio of her at, uh, at this concert. This is her talking uh, mm-hmm. about the abortion ruling and saying "f Clarence Thomas." If you read Clarence Thomas concurrence, he said, "Thank you, Clarence Thomas." Oh. Woo. 
She's delightful, isn't she? She's a delight. And I, you know, beyond that, and I, I hate to get into this, but she's just pretty. I mean, she's just a just. <laughs> she's so attractive. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's you're hard. Right. It's hard to be critical of her because it she's is. so beautiful. Yeah, right. In every way. In every way. In every way. I just just happen to like. She kind of glows. She glo- she, yeah, does. she does. She does. She yeah. does. I just had. I mean, maybe it's just me. I just have a thing for no, people that you. have eyes in very strange places. Like they just seem to be pointing in all different directions. I just love it. You know, I just got that thing for the that fish-eyed look. Yeah. You know? Well, there's no. I mean, it's no wonder. It's really a, an it's, attractive. It's look. It's just attractive. It I mean, it's not traditionally uh, thought of in that way. Oh, really? But you know. Hmm. They're doing different things. Like, for example, in the swimsuit issue right now, they're doing different things. They have a larger women. Hey, they are doing different um, things. They that have sometimes mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, trans people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, people with, without their limbs. There's a lot of different kind of attractiveness. Right. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. And Lori Lightfoot fits yeah. exactly in that kind of attractiveness. Yeah, it's a, a different, different kind. Different kind of a different kind. But So she was addressing this Clarence Thomas thing, and people say... Oh, Lori Lightfoot there. Like, you know, we are not going to stand by and let this happen. You know who else isn't standing by and letting this happen? The other conservative justices. Now, I think Clarence Thomas is right on this point, which is the idea that these these Supreme Court rulings were decided improperly. And when Mm -hmm. you have overt creation of rights through the court, that should be reversed. Mm -hmm. I agree with clarence thomas on that i do not want contraception to be illegal in this country no however when the ruling is is put through in a way that is improper you should reverse it and then states should allow it states should be allowing contraception which of course all 50 of them would immediately Mm -hmm. so taking the next step beyond that the idea that you have to stand up against clarence thomas is ridiculous he has one vote he has, he has his own vote to do the things he's talking about, which mm-hmm. is why he wrote a concurrence in which only he was involved in. No one else was agreed with him on it. <laughs> you have one vote <laughs> right. in the Supreme Court on this. Right. One. That's an important point. But they are trying to terrify you that he's going to undo all these other rights. Yeah, he can't. He can't. Clarence Thomas is not the king of America. He might be the most important man in America. Uh-huh. I might argue that. Uh-huh. But he is not the king. He is king. not the king. Nor you does he want to do be things. the king, by the way. So all of the racism starts spilling out of the left. Ah, why uh, is like, this? Like, you can't believe. Why is this? Why are they attacking <clears throat> Clarence Thomas? And if I'll give you one other example who's taken a beating for this, it's not Brett Kavanaugh. It's not Justice Gorsuch. It's Amy Coney Barrett, the woman Man. and the black person. Those two teams seem to be the targets yeah. of every ounce of animosity from the left. Why is that? I know what they would say it was. Mm-hmm. They would say it's sexism and racism. And you know what? Maybe it no is. No doubt. Maybe it is. Well, I, I think it is. I don't know I really why. do believe I don't know, it is. I don't know what else it could be, especially with Amy Coney Barrett. Like, all she did was agree with the opinion. She's exactly, I mean, mm-hmm. Thomas did take that extra step, so maybe you could argue there's a little bit of that there. But Amy Coney Barrett, all she did was agree. All she did was concur with the opinion. Mm-hmm. That's it. But you look at the left and you see how often this happens. And it's just, it's to the point now where you can't ignore it mm. anymore. You, you've got to acknowledge they are a bunch of racists. I mean, somebody who doesn't get nearly enough credit for his racism is Joe Biden. Mm. I mean, how many times have we been down that road where 
he says things that are completely racist and gets away with it, and nobody says anything. I mean, you got the first sort of sort of mainstream African American, right? Yeah, who's who who's, is articulate, uh, articulate and bright and right, clean, and clean, and yeah. nice looking guy. It's actually I mean, shower. It's a storybook, man. It's a storybook, man. They don't usually shower. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not usually articulate. That's no, for sure. Come on, according now. to Joe Biden, <laughs> it's a, like think Crazy. about this. He's comparing Barack Obama, an African American who can speak and takes showers, to yep. like a unicorn. Yes, to a magical to something story. That's a storybook. Yeah, I, that's incredible. How does how how did that guy become the Democratic nominee for president? And it's other not just than, that. There have been so many times yeah. where he's gone down that road. The, uh, the other. Part, portion is uh-huh. a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in huh. the community, in the Hispanic and the African American community, they particularly do, in just don't uh, know. Uh, rural they, areas that are distant and or inner or city, city. know <laughs> how to use, or city. know how to get online they to determine how to get in line for that COVID no, vaccine. Know how to get online. Are you kidding me? And I love how he tries to make this distinction between rural and, and urban, and he just includes all of them. So it's basically what? Maybe suburban blacks can figure out how to get registered, but not urban they're, or suburban. They're the only or, ones, or though. rural. Right. And if if a white, if if somebody had said this who is on the right, uh, Delaware, what would happen? The largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Hey, he's not joking about that. Am I, I'm not Are joking. You, okay, yeah, he's, he's not, not joking. joking. I thought he might have been joking. No, there. he wasn't. Might, might have given him a pass, but no, <laughs> he he's joking. not joking. <laughs> and this is one of the most telling to me. And by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, mm-hmm. unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse, diverse. community. Yeah, they have different thoughts. With incredibly different attitudes about different things. Yeah. N- not, not blacks, though. They don't have different attitudes about no. different things. They all think alike. And this guy is so entitled that after saying all of those things, he then came to the table with, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you ain't you black. Ain't black. That is, I mean, think of the entitlement that goes into a statement like that. So if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Incredible. Seriously incredible. This man is president of the United States. I just don't know how any of it happened. Dropping. I don't, I don't understand how he became vice president to begin with. Yeah. And then, oh, well, we do know that. Racism. Well, yeah. Barack Obama yeah. said he believed Americans were so racist, he needed to pick an old white guy. That is legitimately True. why he did it. Yeah. He wanted to pick an old white guy because he thought Barack Obama is pushing these racists far enough. You know, the, the, the name, uh, he's got a different name as he's pointed out. I don't know if you ever heard him say that, Pat. He, he, mo- he, it. he, noted, <laughs> he did? He yeah. said that? Huh. He, he noted occasionally that his yeah. name was different. <laughs> and he had a different name. And there were a lot of people who would not accept that. So they had to uh-huh. bring in a steadying in, uh, um, influence yeah. from... For somebody who was somebody older who could be and com- white. comfortable to whitey, yeah, and that was because, another whitey. Because we know how Barack Obama sees the country. That's so true. People who have, uh, who are, they, they are clinging to their gods and their guns, mm-hmm. uh, and they they have antipathy to uh, people who are different. This is how he sees America, and he yep. saw America that way. So he picked Joe Biden, and somehow this country rewarded him with the presidency. <laughs> That's incredible.
It's it's incredible. How on earth? And clearly, he didn't like Joe Biden and still doesn't. I mean, you saw him when he came back to the White House and they celebrated his arrival and everything was so great. And they had all those get togethers. And Biden was like a little puppy dog that was trying to get his attention. Mm -hmm. I mean, desperately trying. Barack, Barack. He's yelling at Barack. And. And Obama continues to ignore him and turns his back on him the whole time. He didn't even like him, but I think you're right. It was the racism. And when even when he tries not to be racist, he's still racist. Like the time, for example, as I was just reminded, uh, that uh, when he said poor kids are just as bright as white kids. No, he didn't say that. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. Oh, the amount, the, the, the lengths the left man. will go mm-hmm. to paint a conservative or a Republican as a racist. They will take something oh. out of context that no they didn't mean from 50 years ago yeah. and trot it out as evidence that they're this evil undercover racist. When you have, mm. I mean, seemingly every speech that Joe Biden makes has some racial comment in it. That is uh, uncomfortable to hear. And the only exception to that are the ones where you can't understand his sentences. Like the only reason he has not been doing that that much lately is because now he just mumbles through them and you can't tell what he's saying. God only knows what words he's saying under the mumbling. How many times this guy blurted out a slur in the middle of his speech and we didn't realize it? Probably a ton. Oh my God, I think he just said the N-word. Yes, he probably did. That. It really is a problem. I mean, Trent Lott said what? That he liked somebody, he liked a former or, or a person that people considered a racist? It was, uh, what's his face? Yeah. 100-year-old guy. Uh, yes, I can't remember. Uh, Strom Thurmond? Strom Thurmond. Yeah, it was Strom Thurmond. And he said, yeah, yeah we'd be better off. Like He would have been a great right? president was or something to that effect. It was, I think it was his 100th birthday. 100th birthday, which... You know, was close and he to said the guy would have been a great president. And I don't even think he said that. I think he said it would have been better off. We would have been better off if we listened to him or something like that. Now, it was not specific right. like we would have been better off if we listened to his racism. He just said a general nice comment at the guy's 100th birthday. And, and they threw him forever. out. Yeah. yeah. They threw yeah. him out. But, they, all, you know, basically every other week we get another comment from Joe Biden. <laughs> and no one cares. It's Joe not being Joe. He's just allowed to do those things. And very, for a long time. Very strange. I mean, the Obama comment came in, what, 2008, 2007 or 8, when he talked about what a clean, articulate African-American he was. Yeah. Uh, so he's been doing it for a long time. And really, the and old, getting away with it the whole And you go time. back to the 80s and 90s and you find even worse stuff. Oh, but, yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah. you look at the only time he ever was really held to any account for all of the racial insensitivities was by Kamala his Harris. vice president. <laughs> So in weird. the debate when they wanted Biden to lose at the time, they had the option of Bernie Sanders. They had the option of Kamala Harris. They had the mm. option of all these other people. And they kind of didn't really want the media didn't want Biden to win. So they ran with that Kamala Harris thing about how she was this girl. That girl was this is a five year old, five year old girl. Five year old girl was the, yeah. was hurt by your busing policies. <laughs> and that little girl was me <laughs> to the We're surprise like, of absolutely dun, dun, dun. no one. I know. Uh, it was the longest setup to a reveal line that everyone knew was coming that we've ever seen but it was successful for her i mean this was yeah. that was when kamala harris rocketed to you know, first or second in the in the primary she was unable to hold that position lasted about 15 minutes but, but. was able to guilt him into putting her as vp mm-hmm. so i guess it worked 
in a, in a roundabout sort of way. But no one seems to care. Na, 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 na.